Howdy, folks. It's us. We're back. Play Games, Lose Friends. I'm Ryan here with Ken. It's episode 35. It's been a, a, a hot minute again with this uh, this whole, hey, we're we're in the summer and we don't play games and see each other as much type of deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really liking this. I said to, said to my wife tonight, I'm like, other than game day, we I've I played like no games lately. And it, it feels bad, man. It feels bad. At least we get to play during the day. But anyway, I digress. Welcome yeah. back, buddy. How yes, are you? Yes, I'm doing fantastic. I am uh, dead to the world. Soccer season starts, or started this this week. <laughs> so I'm running around with uh, 9, 10, and 11-year-olds, or actually, I guess just 9 and 10-year-olds, and uh, uh, getting back into it, man. It's tough. It's tough. But uh, Yeah, 90-degree weather, too, no less. Yeah, so we I, I cut both practices a little, a little short. About by like, like you know, fifteen minutes or so. Made sure all the kids are fully hydrated. Um, but yes, that's now going to be my t- sort of excuse for everything until uh, November. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm waiting for soccer to start, and supposedly it's going to be every night for practices during the week, except Friday, every so night. I'm very curious to see how that goes. Four yeah, nights. Yeah, we're in uh, we're in middle school now. So, oh, is he actually playing for the it's, school? Uh, now? It's no it's joke. Not like a rec league. Well, we won't know because uh, you know no coach yet. So we have oh. that pre-show discussion about coaching. Oh, maybe yeah. I will be. Maybe I won't be. I don't know. I don't know if I can handle coaching middle school boys. I'd probably be, get arrested because they'd uh, all mouth off and I'd fight somebody. But yeah. anyway, they'll get a lot thank of you all for joining us again. Taste of the back of your hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'll just wax them with a ball. I remember getting that when I was in high school. That was fun. Well, that's a bad uh, welcome thing. Welcome back, now. everybody. <laughs> you can't. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Corporal punishment. There's a lot of bad things now. I don't read. I don't want to read the news about hazing and and sports. It's it's Uh a terrifying situation. I just I keep telling them like play sports when you're young and then give it up later because it's just awful. Get into board games. That's where the real fun is, right? Uh, I agree. Real fun. Hundred percent. Then you can sit in a basement like me and record a podcast about it and think you're cool. So well, but it's it's going to work out for him. I think. I think you're cool. For what it's worth. Uh, we've got a good one tonight. We're yeah. going to talk about what we've played recently, as always. We're going to talk a little bit about Kickstarters. I am now starting to really sour on the prospect of crowdfunding. We're going to unpack that a bit. We're going to put me down on the couch, and you're going to grab the notepad and glasses, <laughs> chew on the end, and ask, how does that make you feel? Uh, then we're going to jump in the back plot and show me on after that. Show me on the Kickstarter where you were affected. <laughs> yeah. Show me on the website where you've been let down. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm we just forgot to talk about right it now. Yeah, and I'll I'll explain why. So, uh, so it's been a while. Any any uh, topics you want to start with? Uh, you just mentioned a little one before the show that I think would be interesting to share, and, and wanna, I have a follow up to that. So, why don't, you want go ahead? You want to do that right at the top? Okay. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. So. Um, for those who have not been living under a rock in the uh, board game and collectible card game or TCG world, tomorrow is the uh, post-Gen Con release of a little new TCG called Lorcana by Disney and Ravensburger. And uh, this morning, I guess this, yeah, I guess just the the top of the afternoon. Uh, I didn't know where I was going to play um, in this in this release tournament of Lurkana. I've been following it 
since it just became a concept about over a year ago when they first unveiled it. And I didn't know where I was going to play because there are no local game stores necessarily near me that really do uh, organize play and uh, TCG tournaments that are not called Magic the Gathering. So, um, as you've, you know, I've said several times in the podcast, there is a game store in Maryland uh, that is probably one of the best game stores I've ever been to. And, uh, they were gonna, they definitely knew they were gonna be part of this event. So, up until about two weeks ago, I was supposed to be in Maryland starting tomorrow. But, lo and behold, a local game store that I used to go to just about weekly to play a little game called Keyforge, uh, is now a sort of, uh, I guess it's a spotlight store for Lorcana. So I secured my spot in the 18 person tournament tomorrow night for Lurkana. Uh, and it just so happens that the person I was speaking to was, uh, the previous owner of this establishment that I, again, like I said, I was always there for Keyforge before Keyforge died. Um, so we're going to sort of get the band back together and I'm, uh, sort of scared and excited to jump back into a TCG. But, um, everything I've been watching and learning about Lorcana seems that this is going to bridge that gap between any other TCG and going back to the magic world, which I swore off about a decade ago, if not, a little, <laughs> if not 12 years ago. So, um, so yeah, so that's is, my is this news. Like, uh, booster draft like what's the format for this so this is so this is what's uh well <clears throat> i guess a lot depends on the product that they get so far uh the guy i was speaking with the owner of the store gave me a rundown of the product um so the way the first release event all across the country uh at specific stores you get a starter deck a random starter deck there are three it's a randomized out of three starter decks. And then you get two packs. Okay. Now that is, I'll just, you know, be transparent. That's a $30 prize. That's a $30 price tag. So it's, it's sealed basically. So it's sealed. Um, so the starter deck is retail around $17 and the booster packs are $6. So the store gets a dollar <laughs> on, on, on the, the, the packs itself. So that's not a big not a profit. Big margin. Yeah. So but that's usually how they get you hooked. Yep. So. so based on, but based on allocation, that's the needle. Yep. He was only able to have a 18 spot tournament. So it'll be three rounds, Swiss cut, you know, that old jazz. Um, but, uh, there are two kits. There's a retail kit and there's an organized play kit. So in the retail kit is a, I guess a, I guess a generic card from the set that I guess is going to be given out to everybody. Potentially that can go into your deck as well. If you don't pull it from one of your packs or what's amazing about Lorcana is there's no restrictions other than, uh, about like characters. So like you can have the max of four of anything. Whereas, like, if you remember Magic, you can only have certain ones of, or stuff got restricted. Yeah. You can only have so Planes many. walkers. Yeah, exactly. So this is 
you can have four of everything. Um, so, um, and then in the organized play kit, there are three different, uh, promo cards, foil. Uh, there are three different pins. The one of the pins is a, uh, a sort of a Lorcana pin that is less than the other pins. So the other pins are a scar pin and a little mermaid pin. The Lorcana logo pin, there are less of. So that's like almost part of like the grand prize. If you win the organized play tournaments, there are also less, um, of this other thing, which is a custom, uh, branded, lore counter. Uh, now I heard it was a little chintzy. It's just cardboard, but it is very, it's only unique to the organized play kit. Your normal lore counters are a placemat with a, like a circle with a hole in it. It just moves up on a piece of paper. So this is like a nice dial gotcha. branded, uh, sort of lore counter. Uh, so I guess you get six of those in the, in the OP kit. So those are also offered up as prizes of, of different, uh, caliber. So, um, so I am excited. Now, the one thing that could be unique is when you get your starter deck, your starter deck is made up of two colors. There are six colors, uh, or six different types of gems like amethyst, ruby, sapphire. They're, they're you know, they're named after colored gems. Uh, but, you know, it's red, yeah. purple, gold, whatever. Um, so some, so I, I believe the tournaments at Gen Con were restricted to only the two colors. So if you had the red and green deck and you crack a pack and you get red and green cards, then you can swap out, but you can't like put blue cards in it. Now, from what I heard is, I guess, based on feedback at Gen Con, supposedly the release events, you are now allowed to put in any card, any color card. So, because you're not necessarily mana restricted, like you would be in like a magic or like a Pokemon, right? Like, because right. cards have ink on them, which is basically the mana, but you put them face down. So, so that does change the dynamic of what you could possibly tweak when it comes to deck building off of that starter. Um, now, from what I've been, I've been listening to a, a lower kind of podcast. I've been watching videos again for, for months, preparing <laughs> for to tomorrow, preparing for tomorrow. Um, so the core of these three starter decks are all solid decks, right? Now, some tournaments, the Ruby Emerald or red and green is dominating. Some, the Sapphire Steel, which is like blue black is dominating. Uh, there's other times that then the, I think it's gold and something, which is yellow and some other color, I forget, but that's one a couple of times, but like, so it's all really down to the player and then what you sub in. Each deck does have a slight weakness that if you do get matched up, you are an uphill battle, but it is not a one sided fight, right? And again, depending on how you adjust your deck, you might be able to really lean in on your theme better or your, your, your combos better or have that like bomb moment that, you know, you look like you're playing a red and green deck, but then you get this blue bomb 
right? That just synergizes with your cards. So who knows how it's going to go. Uh, uh, they want it to be very casual and, and fun. Uh, nothing too crazy. So like if people make a mistake, you know, they'll let people redo turns just because everybody is learning this game. I think anyone who's ever played a TCG has a very slight advantage, but for the most part, everyone's learning this, you know, and you're going to be reading a lot of cards, right? And trying to figure out and think what works with what. Um, but again, I think people. From what I've do- seen so far of the game, I would imagine playing TCGs or CCGs before it gives you more than hundred percent. Right? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it's it's basically like it takes concepts of Keyforge and concepts of every other <laughs> like TCG, like Magic. Not not so much in the Pokemon world, um, but it's neat. Like the mechanics of this game, I think, are different enough. That I think Disney fans are going to want to just try it. It's going to be simple enough, easy enough entry yeah. point that you could get new TCG fans that you didn't know existed because of the theme alone. There are 204 cards in the first set. Every one is a unique piece of art. And it's not that they repurposed any art. It is all brand new art. So, like... Art collecting, right, is a thing, right? So, um, so people might just jump into that to get the art or to get a set. Um, there's already people hoarding it, right? The prices are through the roof. But now, fast forward September yep. 1st, it will be everywhere. Lorcana is geared up to hit all big box stores. They're going into grocery stores. So, like, they're going to try to really push this. Uh, they're leading with the friendly local game store, which is, I think, a very smart, very strategic play. Get get the community started before the masses, you know? Um, yeah, you want the people that have experience playing these games yeah. to lead the charge. And also, honestly, that's the target market. Like, kids are going to be a target market for this, but the ones that will spend exorbitant amounts of money are the older guys that have the disposable income to do this. Yeah. So, well, that kind of brings up the topic related to this. I was reading today about it being, you know, we all heard about Gen Con, the six-hour wait to yeah. get in, to get Lorcana product, the limits, people going nuts. Um a lot of friendly local gaming stores are getting it in and there's a lot of price gouging going on already. So you mentioned yeah. like, you know, they're only going to make a buck on, on the, the tournament stuff, but a lot of shops are turning around and marking the packs up by a buck or whatever, just because the scarcity yeah. up front to make an extra dollar. I've seen packs, um, a which, single pack as high as $12 for pre-order. That's, yeah, that's 50, insane. That's a hundred percent on top. Okay. Now, you yeah, know you were making I don't the store it. was making money at six dollars a pack, right? Retail five ninety nine. So it, and and it's funny, the way it sort of came up in conversation, because I asked, I said, What about the extra product? Are you opening the doors tomorrow? Because I'll be honest, I debated taking a vacation day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm proud of you, buddy. But but he was like, no. What I think we're going to do is 
I think he's going to allow people who bought a spot in the tournament a limited amount to buy. And then yeah, Saturday, he will open it more up to the public, but not publicize it. And he also made the question. He said, do I want to build the community or do I want to keep the lights on and pay the rent? Right. And he meant, do I need to mark up or should I go retail and build the community? That's going to pay me off more if this game takes off the way it's projected to take off. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want to gouge people up front, turn yeah. them off. The community's there. That community will yeah. almost certainly grow with the exposure the game's going to have. Yeah. And at that point, you've got, you know, another magic night, basically. And that's yeah. where they make a ton of their money. Like, we've talked yeah. about this before with friendly local game stores, yeah. that they just don't survive without magic. And this is another avenue for them yeah. that they're probably pretty pumped about in terms of revenue. So, yeah, this it's store, a good thing. This store just, did really good. not good. Absolutely, 100%. You can't do that because you, you almost taint, uh, taint your brand, right? Like, yeah. Cause I, honestly, I wouldn't, I would not buy gouge product, product knowing that it's coming out in two weeks and I can just go get it. Right? Like, yeah. And also, I wouldn't support those business practices either. Exactly. Like, exactly. The I'll play F in the drops out of that FLGS, like you said. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I'm excited to, to be part of something, to start something, you know, with a community of people. I'm excited to do that again, you know, because I, I, I was, you know, I was there for Keyforge. Uh, I really loved the, the the people that Keyforge brought in at specifically the store. Uh, they were good guys and, and girls. The owners were great. That's good. Uh, you know, the owner was, he was just such a good dude. Uh, my wife even went in uh, to buy me birthday gifts or Christmas gifts and they took care of my kid and they were like, Oh, you're, you're Ken's wife. And Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just knew me. Right. And it was awesome. So I'm sort of looking forward to yeah, bringing that, cool. bringing that back again. You know, uh, you know, it's cause it's been since when did Keyforge die? Was it 2019 or 2018? When was, uh, well, when was our 19? Yeah. Cause what 18, it was at PAX it and we right played hard COVID. at PAX, right? Yeah. 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 So 2019, uh, so I haven't really done organized play, any sort of league stuff since that. So I'm, I'm I might be making a mistake, but I, I just I miss it, you know. And I'm, uh, what's yeah. gonna happen? My next thing is that I'm gonna bring stuff home. I'm gonna teach my son. I'm gonna teach my niece, and then try to build a community with with the kids too. Um, so that hopefully they dig it, which will be cool. Bring them, bring them to league night. You know, it's a night out of the house for the kids. You know, that's not a screen time thing, you know? So, yep. Plus yeah, then it's something I get to enjoy or interested. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and honestly, like that's better for their brains anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and so far I like what I'm seeing from the product, right? Like it's not, how do I put it? It's not like gambling, like Pokemon cards are, right? You know, like a lot of the cards are positive, usable cards. They all have ways to be used in a way, right? Now, granted, they have some legendary and super rares, but they seem pretty common in a way, right? Like it's not like you get one in a whole booster box, right? Now, there is a, what they're called a, an enchanted card, which I, believe there's only 24 of them in the whole set uh their alternate art 
with a full art alternate style, which are cool, but you can still get that card, right? It's not like it's an exclusive card, right? It's just exclusive art, which is kind of cool. So I like that they're not like so going so bloat with the, you know, with the BS that, you know, some of these other TCGs Yeah, that do. magic has grown you know, into now. You know. Um, I'm not going to so, lie. I'm tempted to just go buy a bunch of boosters early on if I can find them and see if I can crack anything expensive and resell it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. it's going to be so high at the start. And if you can pull one of those enchanted you have cards. A, you have a two-week window before it hits, basically. That's yeah. your window. Um, but you got to find places that have it. Yeah. And I have no idea around here who's going to have it. Well, that was the thing. Like I've one put of our research into this. One of our other local game stores that I've mentioned before in the podcast, I think that I've gone to for some Black Di- Black Friday shopping, uh, I got their prices, and they are, you know, shiving you pretty good. And I said, this is disgusting. I would never come play in your store. Yeah. To the point where I may never go back to your store again. Like, that's yeah, disgusting. Yeah, that's shitty. Like, a booster box, yeah. I think, was $259 or something like that. Oh my I'm god! Like, I'm like, this is a hundred and you know, let's say what six times twenty four, right? That's what that's what a box should cost, if not a little less, right? Because you're buying a booster box, you know. Yep. But like, and they were upcharging the ETBs, which they're calling uh, treasure troves or whatever, right? Uh, the even just even just the box of sleeves that you get. There's that like a deck box sleeve kit. I think that thing was like thirty dollars, and it's like you're disgusting. And then you put this in writing. Yeah. You put it in writing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you are sick. You're sick. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, I can't believe people were willing to wait six hours for this at Gen Con. I, I just, there's, there's a fever for this game that we haven't seen in a long time in any game product in quite a while. Yeah. And I have this feeling that it's probably going to be a good game. It's probably going to be a fun game to play. The collectible side of it's going to send sales over the top, especially if they're trying to push it in every retail avenue they possibly can get to. But I think this fever is just going to fall flat in like a month, two months, and you just won't hear about Lorcana like you do today. But my God, the fever for this game is just insane right now. And I just, I get like there's a lot of Disney fans. I get there's a lot of card game fans. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected this. Like I really wouldn't have. I don't think, like, from what I saw from the game, and I'm not shitting on the game, like, it looks fine, mm-hmm. but it's not it's not the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It no, pulls tropes it- from a bunch of mechanics from other prior iterations of games before it, combines a bunch, just adds the Disney brand, and it's fine. Like, it's a perfectly viable game, but I, I don't get it. I guess I'm just missing the, the whatever is catching everybody on fire right now. Well, it's... Uh, how do I put this? It's a chance to, so I think there's two things. One. To get in on the ground floor of it before yeah. it blows up. Yes. If you yeah, look at like. Definitely. If you look That's at the first generation, side. if you look at the first generation Pokemon, right? That game was so pure. Original Pokemon TCG was pure. There wasn't, it wasn't super crazy. Super combo, like, yes, you built a deck and then you did stuff, but it wasn't like, it wasn't even baby magic. It was like, uh, 
zygote magic, right? Like it wasn't even a baby, right? Like it was so basic and like those, that product is so scarce and impossible to find and everything's expensive, right? Now look at original, I mean, look at the power nine, look at alpha, look at beta, look at some of the original sets like legend and Arabian nights, right? Those cards still retain their value because they didn't necessarily, you know, go crazy with them, right? They kept them rare. They kept them obscure. They kept them hard to get. This, yeah, I think people feel in the same boat. Well, I think people are feeling like they have a chance to start at the ground floor because if you go and want to start Pokemon tomorrow or jump into magic tomorrow, you are 20 years, if not 30 years, yeah. if not 40 years, when you think about, you know, uh, how old were we when we picked up magic? 13? Like, it's like 1995, five, six, I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, but like, long ago. But so the, the other side though, is like, you're behind, magic. you're behind, and, it, and, yeah. and the level of entry at this stage of those games is a lot harder, right? Where True. in this game you have, and which is why I loved about Keyforge, right? Keyforge, you, I like that it almost killed the collectibleness with the bullshit it of the secondary level market field all yeah. the time. You cracked a box, and you could anyone could any give. It was like football, right? Any given Sunday, right? It was yeah. about the player, right? <laughs> yeah. It was about the player, and and how good they wanted to play that day, how their how their their deck shuffled, you know, did and 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 min max your plays. This does feel a little bit closer to that, um, but. There is already a meta deck scene. There is already, you know, net decks. There is already a secondary oh, a market for this game, um, where people are just buying a couple singles to then start smashing tournaments and being the, you know, the next, you know, Lorcana champion like there are for Magic and, and, and Pokemon, right? Because again, those, those card games paved the way for you can do this as a career, right? So you've got people that are going to be. Yeah. You know, doing content on YouTube, you know, cracking boxes on YouTube, getting in, you know, becoming sort of the advocates of the brand and of the game. Um, now, the Should amazing we part podcast. of podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we could I, could, I could, I could do a Lorcana segment, right, of, of how this journey is going to go for me. <laughs> we might be, but, um, but then, um, you know, but look at what's also coming next year, right? is the Fantasy Flight Star Wars TCG. Now, it's the only thing that makes me nervous about it is it's Fantasy Flight. Okay? Yeah, exactly. So, Ravensburger has a proven track record. Ravensburger has a proven track record with this Disney brand. Look at Villainous, right? Look at how good they did with Villainous. They kept that game so on-brand they haven't been screwing people with the game. It's a beautiful product. It's a beautiful game. It's very thematic. Uh, it's unique. They haven't repeated anything even remotely close to characters yet. And they've branched into Star Wars and Marvel. Um, so I think Ravensburger, if they can continue to get the product into the retailer's hands at the friendly local game stores – and the friendly local game storms run these tournaments and don't start out on the wrong foot. 
I think we've got a pretty decent making of something special here. I really do. Um, and I'm not just saying that because of my own hope, because honestly, for my own sanity and pocketbook, I, it, it would be awesome if it just failed in November, right? Right. Then I'm done. Right. <laughs> failed experiment. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause this is going to end up being a commitment. If you're doing yeah. leagues on stuff, like you're going to, you're going to be buying cards and you're going to be spending money on it for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. Well, I'm but glad we, can, uh, we explored this I, topic a bit because it's interesting to hear you starting a league again. Yeah. I don't, I mean, well, that was a cool thing in this OP kit, right? There's a, there's a bulletin board that gets posted at the stores and you get, you earn stickers and you earn stuff. So like, it just seems like it might be done right. Um, and, and again, if I can share this experience and get my niece and my son, at the ground floor of something, you know, this could be awesome for them. You know what I mean? Getting in at the ground floor too, you know, as opposed to them being intimidated to learn magic or, or even Pokemon, you know, and especially if yeah. you're going to sit across the table for some random stranger, right. At, at, at like, you know, nine and 12 years old, you know? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I am very curious to hear how this goes. So next episode, <laughs> we'll have to have a recap of the tournament itself. And then also, you know, thoughts on the game and, and where you're going next with it. Cause yeah, it's I mean, an interesting thing to follow. I can give, I, I mean, I, again, if you want, I can go into a little bit about how the game plays or I can just do that offline with you or next episode, I can walk through it. But like the game plays seems super fun, super solid. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's check in next episode. I'm very curious to see how this goes. All right, that got us a thirty-minute conversation on Lorcana, which I wasn't Is that good or bad. But I'm glad we dove into that. <laughs> uh, good, I think. I, it was interesting to hear about the whole tournament thing, and and this is a, a kind of a big moment in gaming right now with this game. And uh, like I said, we we haven't really seen anything like this in a while, so it's it's good to yeah. have some eyes on the front line, as it were. All right, let's jump into what we played. We had uh, one game night and one long game day. Joe hosted. Thank you, Joe, for hosting. He made lots of smoked meats, which was great. Oh, Based that on brisket. Small, like meat. Oh. It was fantastic. Oh, brisket was so So uh, why don't we start with game day and then we'll, or game night and we'll jump into okay. game day and then we'll just jump into our individual ones and uh, we'll, we'll kind of motor through the ones we've talked about before. Yeah. And then maybe talk a little bit more about the ones that we got to play for the first time. So. Uh, starting with game night, we, we got another session of lands of Galzir, and I think we talked a bit about this last episode already. Yeah, it was, uh, kind of more the, of the uh, same to campaign or not to yeah. campaign. <laughs> that is the question, right? <laughs> yeah. I think we, we continued on a bit, um, a little bit more story revealed, but I, I feel like we didn't make too much progress cause we really have only gotten to play twice. We have another session coming up next week where we're going to try one more and, and then maybe wrap it up for a little bit. Um, yeah. I know we have other campaign games we want to get to and um, I'll be completely honest with you. It's not, it's not nailing the landing for me so far. It's kind of too much downtime. I think this is a two player game, which we kind of talked about, but yeah, we'll see how the third session goes. Maybe that'll sway my opinion in a different direction. Yeah. I mean, well, if you think about it, like uh, we, we went co-op. So we, we went competitive for our first game. We went co-op yeah. for the second, right? Just to try out the different experiences. And now, technically, we should go back to competitive. 
But we sort of know you still have to play cooperatively in order to get anywhere in this game, regardless. Yeah. So there, I feel like there's some either I've misread the entire game this entire time we've been playing, which is possible. <laughs> but but the rule book's not deep. But no, not at all. But like, it just feels like there's some cross. You know, some wires that have gotten crossed here in this game. I guess, or at least maybe my expectations of how this game was going to go versus how it has played out. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you sort of expect one thing, you get another, and you think if you try it differently, you would get a different outcome. But it really felt the same from an outcome perspective. Yeah. Does that make sense? It did. It it did. And, and you know, like... And I'm not Something mad that about you it, want but from those games is is like emerging narrative that starts to become more and more interesting, and I don't think we got that yet. And that's why I'm wondering if we just need more plays. But we'll find out more. We'll get we'll get more time in next uh, game night, which is next week, and see where we leave off with it. So, um, and then we played War Chest, which we won't talk about again. I am going to reach out to David Thompson for an interview at some point, though. We got to get him on. But I feel like before we do that, we need to play some of their other games, him and Trevor Benjamin's other games. I think you have Undaunted Normandy. Do you have one of them? Yes, I have Undaunted North Africa. North Africa. We got yeah, We got to I, try it. And I'll be honest with you, I bought it um, because I actually thought that that would be something that our buddy Eric would really, really like. So I bought it, hoping to play it with him, and it sat on the shelf for two years. Um, so yeah, but <laughs> I've heard nothing but amazing things about Undaunted. Um, and again, I bought it with a with an intent and a and an opponent in mind. Um, but uh, nonetheless, it's sat on the shelf. So maybe two player game night. We'll get there eventually. And I know we've talked about two-player game night for, I think, two years now going on. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> we got to do it one of these days. We got to do it. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. I didn't even realize they were the designers of Undaunted because they could do – they could design no other game in my mind and be amazing designers because it's War Chest and War Chest is fantastic. They so I, just released another game, two-player, called, I think, General Orders, um, which hmm. looks abstracty like War Chest, and I want it. Like, I don't even know what it is yet. I just – the okay. pedigree yeah. made me want it. So I'm going to take a look at that, likely at PAX, too, because that, okay. that's got good stuff written all over it. Um, So that covered game night. Game day, we had quite a bit of stuff. So we let Joe get through – portions of his collection that were still in the cellophane. Uh, yeah, we brought we no game. I did bring we ice, no but games. we didn't open it. Yeah, ice yeah, was more of a we didn't, we didn't. hey guys, <laughs> it's like a tease to the a yeah. game. A, if a if we the got future. there, but if not. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we started with Moonrakers. Um, to Joe's excitement, he finally got his Kickstarter in, uh, and we found out that he accidentally got the game again. <laughs> um, and I don't think he knew that. He had the base game already and a couple expansions that he picked up at PAX years ago. Yeah. Uh, his Kickstarter arrived. It had the new expansions, some foil cards, but it also had a whole other copy of the base game. So 
Lucky for him, he can turn around and maybe sell the base copy, throw his extra yep. expansions in the new Kickstarter version. But we got to play the the base game plus, I think, two or three expansions tacked in. Only one yeah, of them so was one of the new ones. Was it Legions? Is that the name of the expansion we played? I cannot remember Hold because on. there's so many at this point. <laughs> Hold on. I know I it added – It's going uh, to bother me. It added some new cards, of course. It added some um, missions that were um, wild missions. So you you didn't necessarily have to fulfill the mission with specific cards, but the count was very high. Um, there were cooperative missions, I believe. Oh, they were head-to-head. Or something missions. like that. Or head-to-head. head-to-head. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. which I don't think we did any of those, yeah, we did not get correctly. To do a, yeah, we did not get to do a head-to-head. It just it never yeah. really came to fruition. Uh, I'm trying to load the Kickstarter page so I could get the names, and it's just not. Yeah. So we we got some expansion play in. Uh, I wouldn't say they ch- at least the ones we played did not change the game terribly much. Well, but hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. It still hold was on, the hold game. On. No, no, no. I thought the the most uh, game changing piece of the expansion we played were the new action cards that you could add to your deck. That were hybrids of the action cards, which I don't know if we talked about. We you know did not. About? Yeah, there were so, there were some that that did that. Yeah. So basically, um, like you could play a. How do I put this? Um, uh, a boost, but it boosted and then gave you a shield, or you could uh, play a. I'm trying to think of the cards, the type, the card types, but you know, and then it would do something else. So it would be stronger of its own type, but then add us like a half of the original base of another type. And these were, I thought, game changing uh, from a, a new mechanics standpoint. Um, I yeah, really like enjoyed a, a, that. A thruster card with like, or sorry, an energy card with like a plus or a minus in it. So it, or, or a lightning bolt or whatever. Like it gave you card draw with, with actions or damage with card draw or whatever. You're, you're right. That did, that did alter things, but they were not the easiest thing in the world to get either. Well, so I, I think I had the name wrong. So it's called, was this the overload expansion? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I think because of load. Um, <laughs> but this added, uh, new crew. New ship parts, new action cards. It added that Iosphere mechanic with that other mechanic that you would put on your cards. Uh, yeah. The new contract types, which we talked about, which were the head to head and then sort of the flex or wild contracts. Um, but that action card. So they were more like advanced action cards, you know, that make you just feel stronger, uh, and, and easier to, uh, complete missions and and I think to Ryan's point, yeah, there was a there was like only three ways that you could even get these cards, and it was very uh, situational. But if the right thing happened on your turn, you could you could get more turn over turn. So I really enjoyed that expansion. I thought it added a lot to to the game. And again, that's one of what four that they came out with new yeah. ones. Yep. So yeah, I think the expansions we played added some good stuff. Um, 
that game is what it is. It's just a not terribly incredible deck builder, but not a bad game in its own right. Um, it's fun, and the space theme adds some good stuff to it. Uh, so we had a good time playing it again, and I, I'm looking forward to exploring the expansions a little bit more. We'll have to get that one back on at some point in time. I think after that, we moved to Tiny Towns, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Tiny Towns. Right? Yep, Tiny Towns was So next. much to your chagrin, Joe uh, busted the shrink on Tiny Towns, and we played that. We've <laughs> talked about it before. It's kind of a little abstract uh, spatial puzzle. Um, I think everybody liked it. We, we squeezed two games in. Um, you know, you and I know what it – we've played it. I don't yeah. think it blows our socks off, but I, I won't complain if someone offers to play it, so – that's uh, not much else to say there. It is a game yeah, I, that I don't necessarily see myself ever playing otherwise. So I always thought about buying it. I'm glad I never did. <laughs> I am too, because I feel like I have. Often. Yeah, exactly. And I think like I have other games that do what Tiny Towns does. Just yeah, exactly. Skosh. Not better is the wrong word, but it's just more uh, engaging. I think it would be what I would say. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was the second game. Then I think we did either cheating moths or super mega lucky box next. Cheating moths, I believe, was next. Yeah. So actually, this to was an interesting photos. one. <laughs> but yes, yeah. I love this. This was an interesting game. Uh, we have talked about Cockroach Poker. This is made by Devere, I think, who uh, also did Cockroach Poker. And Cheating Moths is a very hard game to explain. I, I guess best way to do it is you win by not having a hand anymore, uh, similar yes. to you know a lot of other games out there, ladder trick-taking games, stuff like that. Um, however – you have cards in your hand called moth, cheating moths, and you can't play them. And to to play cards, you have to be able to put a numbered card on top of another numbered card where the difference is just one point. So if someone yeah, ha- if there's down. a three on the main pile, you have to put a two or a four. Or if there's a five, you can put a, a four or a one because it wraps around from one to five and five to one. But you can't play the moths on those piles. And so the premise of the game is you have to cheat. You have to get rid of them. The game actively encourages you to throw a card across the room, drop it on the floor, hide it in a rule book looking at you, Ken. <laughs> um, all kinds of things that you can do. But the catch is there is one player at the table who is the guard, and they are watching everyone else to see if they're cheating and trying to catch uh, at least one player cheating. The reason they need to do that is twofold. Number one – uh, they're no longer the guard, so they can cheat. When you're the guard, you're not able to cheat. And you number two, yeah. since you can't cheat, you can't get rid of your moths. <laughs> so you're stuck. Yeah. So you need to do something. Um, when we read the initial rules, you and I were like, this seems really stupid. How's this going to be a game? And then we started yes. playing and we were cracking up at how ridiculous yeah. everybody was with cheating, how we were catching people. People were trying to discard multiple cards at once by sleight of hand. At one point, and some I had five cards the laying on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, freaking Brad. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was very very fun, and um, it's not. I don't think it has the shelf life of Cockroach Poker, but it's definitely a fun game. Yeah, I think it's one of those like in in the right group, it is going to start 
ramping into other games. Like, I think you can go from cheating moths into cockroach poker, a knight of skull. Like, you could get a group of non-gamers that will play these games. But you have to bring this sort of uh, uh, buffet of these style of games. And I think this is a good opening game. Right, because it's going to make people laugh. It's going to set the tone, um, you know, and it's just going to be like this whole game is based on you cheating. Every now, moving forward, it's about bluffing, not cheating. But <laughs> here you go, and you you know you'll set the stage for the rest of the night. So I like yep. this as sort of the uh, the appetizer, you know. Yeah, it was fun. It was unexpected. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was, but it ended up being. Way better than I thought, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to playing that again. It was a, a good purchase by Joe. Yeah, and I think he got um, it for, like, dirt cheap at PAX, right? It was, like, a dirt cheap game uh, at the DeVere yeah. booth, right? They were, like, giving some of their – basically giving some of their old games away for, like, peanuts. I think so. that one was, like, 10 or 12 bucks, but still, for, for the amount of fun you're going to get. And I know he plays yeah. with, like, um, some neighbors and stuff and other friends. Right. They're probably going to get a huge kick out of that, so that's good. So we're coming uh, to your booth, I think we Devere. moved on. Oh, yeah. Which I'll is going to be a whole other couple sure. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, there's some other DeVere games that are coming out that I'm very much looking yeah. forward to as well. Um, so I think we moved into Shifting Stones or Super Mega Lucky Box after that. Shifting um, Stones was next. Yeah. Which we've talked about that. That's one of those awesome filler games. Very fun. Um, I got dealt perfect cards. So I think I stomped. Everybody, two games in a row. Oh, you're such a pile. Uh, yeah, I just got I, lucky those two games. I think I could not play that game, and I love that game. Well, you were on the other end. You you got cards I, that just would not work. Oh, I could barely get a one point stone card done. That's how bad my hand was. Yeah. It was. It was pretty bad. It was so <laughs> it was bad. pretty bad. Uh, and again, I remember fun. being pretty amazing at PAX at that game. Now, I don't know if that was because I was really leaned in, <laughs> so to speak. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think but it's this, just fortuitous cards in that yeah. game sometimes. I think that's all it comes down to. Like, there's no strategy because everything changes so much. You yeah, just work. You got to pick like what's most likely and hope to God it doesn't change too much. So, yeah, exactly. Still a fun filler, though. Uh, we could play that anytime. I wouldn't be disappointed. Same with Super Mega Lucky Box. We talked about that before. Joe Stomp's yeah. pretty bad in that. Um, oh, my that God. I couldn't believe fun. how bad I was at that again. Oh. Yeah. I mean, again, luck of the draw with the cards you get in rounds I two, feel- three, and four can really screw you in that game. So I feel like I started game day out on a really high note. I think I won Moonrakers, <laughs> right? You did. And you then- pulled off a, a, a turn. <clears throat> and then, like... I just progressively got worse at every game we played. And then the game we ended the night on, I was so close, but like my first two rounds were so bad, it cost me the game. And I came in second, which we'll talk about. Sorry. But like, oh, my <laughs> game day was just so, it, it was like a, a a mountain, a valley. And then a hill, right? Like it was like high, low, and then uh-huh. sort of low-ish, right? Like it was bad. Yeah, so. the valley was more of a 
like canyon, Grand Canyon, but, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. gorging chasm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we also tried one other game he had in Shrink yet called Regine, R E G I N E, yes, and boy did that fall flat. I don't, I still don't know if we were just like missing the 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 core, you know gist of the game or, or like it's just not a good game uh has very few reviews on board game it has almost pretty low so nothing out there yeah which uh which maybe I'm says not really something sure. but sometimes maybe we had a like a sleeper hit on our hands like i didn't want to just like shit yeah, on it right, right away you gotta, try <laughs> like, it. You you know, gotta, you gotta like- give it credit <laughs> It exists, so you got to acknowledge yeah. and at least try. But uh, uh, yeah, didn't work. I think the whole thing was supposed to be kind of like a little bit of hand management, a little bit of blind bidding, uh, bluffing. But I, I think the package as a whole just didn't work for me personally, at least. It felt like there was a page of rules missing, and it wasn't just it in the did, beginning. Yeah. It wasn't just at the end. It was like there was enough rules to fill another page that was omitted throughout the entire rule book. Is how I felt with that game. Yep, I would. Uh, I would agree. It just so, seemed it to just, be missing something, and we were not clicking with it. And it which just is went back honestly to the show. That's another good topic too, and maybe we can dive into this down the road. So maybe take a note because I'll forget. But like a rule book on a new game can really make or break your experience with it. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah, and and that rule book think, sucked. Oh bad. my god, that rule book was so bad. I mean, it almost made you an illiterate. Like, yeah, oh, I, I'm so usually bad. like one of the rules lawyers when we play games, and like I'll, I'll get into the literal like yeah. verbose nature of explaining the order of any and or, and this thing made me want to puke. Like it was that oh. bad. I had a headache after reading the goddamn thing. So. It Good riddance. So at least we tried. Yeah, we got uh, that out of shrink. The, yeah, yeah. That was the well, entirety of game day. We, we got no, a lot of good no, games. No, 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 no. I didn't miss anything, did I? Yeah, I was just gonna say you're missing the game we ended on, which is my oh, slight, slight climb out of the gutters of these games, and that was Fort. Oh um, yeah, Fort. Um, which I love. I love Fort. But um, who won that? You won Fort. Oh, no, I won. Yeah. You won Fort. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I destroyed all of you. But I was, like, second place, even though there was 20 points between you and I, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, so, yes, I'm giving you the victory. You you did a great job. But, like, I missed that first Fort because I didn't have the hot glue gun or whatever the hell, the squirt gun. And I was – and I was a super climbing soaker, from damn it. Come yeah, on, super. Yeah, sorry, it's been a while, and I'm tired. But like, uh, it. Um, I was climbing that whole time out, and I had, and I was always last to get the, the, the blue special ability and the red special yeah. ability because I was up a fort off. I, yeah, I and the fact that I ended second, I was very proud of my performance knowing how bad the beginning of my game was and how I sort of turned it around and got the engine rolling. But, like, I just couldn't catch you. You were so far ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I had I really tried. a nice little engine of VP with the pack and the treehouse, and I just rode that yeah. 
for to like 14 points before anybody started scoring stuff and that was the game and usually that's what happens in that game it's either you or me that figures out one of those combos usually it's like the books i'll go for but i found one with the crowns and yeah one other one and that that's what that was the difference but yeah i mean it's hard to come back in that game like you can get your engine online but by the time you do it's usually too late yeah. you manage to to recover well enough to finish second in the face of a lot of the good stuff that the other guys had and it wasn't bad yeah, uh, yeah i completely forgot about fort good call yeah so that's I how we that ended game. i love fort fort is one of my favorite sort of deck engine thing i love it i love it yeah very um, different uh so we are at uh almost an hour in already i'm gonna go <laughs> through my list quick and i'm gonna That's cover awesome. two games in a little bit more detail than the rest so um real quick i played uh, ice i got a, a game in two player and then also tried it solo uh verdict is good the game is good it's meaner than i thought it would be uh, because oh, so you get right to use each eye. other's yeah uh it's gonna be fun when we get to try it um, i said teutonic the reason no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. The reason I say that is because uh, there's these little explorer guys and um, you like bring them on the board and use them, but your opponents okay. can do the same thing. And so you can just mine shit out from each other's feet, uh, under each other's feet, and it gets to be pretty cutthroat in that respect. Um, but mm. man, is that game beautiful. The components are incredibly nice. They did a great job with the production. So you know, we'll cover the Kickstarter topic shortly, but that, that, uh, that turned out really good. Um, and then the other one I just wanted to cover quick, which maybe I'll wait to talk about because you are, are going to bring it up. It was hungry monkey. Uh, and the only other one I wanted to mention was I played Agricola on board game arena. I'm signing up. That's, oh. that's my back bought. I'll do it now, but I'm going <laughs> to sign up for board game arena this month. Well, how did um, you play that? I tried Agricola because I never played it. Oof. Yeah. I never played it. I just wanted to try it. Because, you know, you're not going to play Euros with me because you're a jerk. Uh, Dude, and, that game is, yeah, like, boring boring the box. Like, Yeah, uh, so it is. I just wanted to try it to see what uh, it was like. And it's like, oh, I have a kid. Now I'm going to fence in some sheep. Like, I could see why people okay. like it from a, a Euro game standpoint. But, like, yeah, it wasn't great. But Board Game so, Ring is pretty cool. And uh, so I'm looking forward to trying more stuff on there. Between his two, right? Uh, Agricola and Caverna. Caverna is definitely better because it has a little bit more hmm, stuff of uh, conceptual neatness, right? It's still boring as hell, but it's not as bad of a boring adventure as Agricola. But Yeah, I mean, either way, I think... It's Euro and farming. It's <laughs> it's going to be boring. Um, but I yeah. can't wait to so Uve does list. the uh, the paint drying board game. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> clipping your nails. Yeah, with, with the expansion of grass grow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, and the maybe American I'm... <laughs> version will be you roll dice to see which paint you eat. Um, exactly. So, or what do you the full list put the bag to huff? <laughs> The full list was Agricola, Ice, Arboretum, Lands of Galzir, Mage Knight, War Chest, uh, Hungry Monkey, Verdant, and Cockroach Poker. All right. Over to you. So let's, so let's jump. So 
uh, real quick, I guess. Well, this will be the way we segue into Hungry Monkey. Um, yes. So, uh, again, one of the other reasons, again, not an excuse, was summertime brings vacations. So, uh, basically, I had gone on vacation with the family for a week, came back. Ryan was on vacation. So, vacation is just sort of added a, a two-week hiatus to our already bad this schedule. This is why we don't record. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. That's we what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but, um, but what was neat is now that I'm, you know, addicted to the hobby of board games is anytime I travel somewhere outside my normal area, I try to put in a, put in the ways the just board game store or friendly local game store and try to find a game store in the area. And from where we were staying in Pittsburgh, there were three game stores in the area. So I drove to the closest um, and, uh, I couldn't find it. It said I was there, but I didn't see a sign. I didn't see a storefront and there's everything's street parking or parking garage in Pittsburgh for the most part. So I was like, so I was, I was bummed and I was like, all right, I'll go to the next one in ways. So another six miles away was this other board game store. And I was. Uh, really impressed with the layout of the store. Uh, they had a really amazing used game section. Uh, they had like the new release wall and they had by genre. Um, so it was a really well laid out store. And on one of like the little shelves was just like this small box card game section. And I think people pretty much know that we like that type of game. Uh, not only is it accessible with uh, our family audience, but it's also accessible with uh, our work audience and uh, some of the uh, older folks in our family audience. And when it comes to these simple card games, again, rules have to be easy to pick up and easy to play. But the key to these games is they have to be fun, right? For them to have any type of staying power. Um, and I took a chance on two card games. One is called Hungry Monkey, which we're going to dive into. And the other one was Deducto. And Deducto is a new one from Game Right. And I know Game Right's sort of a hit or miss publisher, very mass market, very kid friendly. It had animals, so I took a chance. <laughs> um, that is your kryptonite. Yes. Um, and again, I think I spent under $30 for these two games. Like, it was awesome. So, uh, so I think I purchased on a whim really two good hits. Uh, Hungry Monkey seems to be, so I had gotten back from the, from the game store. And we played both the games in our hotel with my wife and my son, who's nine. And they love both the games. Both games were just such a hit. I can't wait to, you know, uh, play with our, our other family, uh, who are coming in for Labor Day weekend. So this was just, it was again, good hits, uh, for what you paid, uh, brought Hungry Monkey into the office. And it seemed like everyone dug that too. Yeah. I had heard about Hungry Monkey before 
<clears throat> and was on my list to, to pick up, but I never really got around to doing it. I didn't see it too many places either. Um, so I knew a little bit about it coming in, but that game was a lot of fun. Um, I think there's a little bit of luck involved with the cards that let you peek, but you know, when we played the few games we played, there was definitely a strategy where if you want to get those cards to know what you've got, you can take a little bit of risk by, you know, maybe taking the pile, collecting cards out of the discard pile yeah. to get what you need and then combo a bunch of stuff to get you back to where you were. So there's I enough think strategy that's the beauty that it's, of the, of the yeah. ant, right? Is yep. that ant will allow you to take the peaks and the swaps, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's strategy there. It's it's yeah. enough that it's like wow. So um, I want to buy it, and but I know I'll never get to play it unless it's well. With you can you, or you can always group borrow that, it. You know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's no point because like literally, yeah, no, if you're not there, I probably wouldn't be playing <laughs> it anyway because everyone would hate me. So, uh, but yeah, excellent card. You know, it's one of those those ladder trick taking games. Uh, just another great example of how simple the rule set is, but how much fun that game can be really yeah. well done. Plus the, the art awesome. is I cute. Art. I love it. It's so nice. It's so cool. Um, so yeah, that was, that's hungry. So yeah, uh, real quick. Hungry monkey is basically a two phased game where the first phase, you're just trying to, uh, you get three cards in your hand and you get four face down in front of you. The beginning phase of this game is just, or the first half of the game is just you trying to figure out what your four down cards are. And how you do that is by playing number threes or number twos. Those let you peek or swap cards in front of you. Eventually, you, the, the deck is going to hit a, uh, like a black cat. Once you hit the black cat, you no longer draw more cards. It just sort of stops the game. And now you go into the second phase, which is shed your cards. Now, if you have strategically been able to determine the four cards in front of you, this is a very simple, potential thing. However, there is so much unique nuance in some of these cards that can just really uh, change and swing the tides. Um, so uh, I can again, it was super simple, super fun, uh, fun for families, fun for, you know, some older folks, um, fun for sort of non gamers that just love to play cards um, or trick takers. So that's hungry monkey. Yeah. Great game. Good purchase, probably not very expensive either, I would imagine. Yeah, like I said, I think I bought, I think I got Deducto and Hungry Monkey for under $30. So, what, $15 a piece, $12 a piece, something like that? Yeah, that's a freaking so steal. Yeah. Um, so, in addition to those, uh, there's two others I'll just briefly touch on. I know we're getting close here on time, but, and I have, other topics to discuss too, besides our main topic. But, um, last year for Christmas, uh, I believe it was Funko games put out a national lampoons Christmas vacation tile laying Christmas light game. Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> now I bought it for my wife for Christmas. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is her all-time favorite movie of, uh, you know. So there's a so if I see stuff that you know has that theme, I just sort of take a chance on it. So it was maybe ten dollars, and what 
you do is you get three cards in your hand. Two of them are three lights that you need to string in a row. And one of them is four lights that you need to string in a row. And on your turn, you pick a light tile and you play a light tile. And you are trying to string together Christmas lights that arrange to match one of your cards. When you complete all three of your cards, you win the game. But the twist of this is some cards, they only have one light on them. And then they have a broken strand. Or some you can play over top of other Christmas lights. So while someone might be building to towards one of their cards, you can play one of your, you know, you could play, you know, one of your Christmas light tiles over top and just completely house them. That might help you. Or you could just be a jerk. Um, so it is <clears throat> super light, very easy. But we've had a lot of fun with how simple and silly this game is. It's insane how much fun we're having. Um, that is my son likes I, it. I don't know. My father in law likes it. Like it's bizarre. <laughs> like, and I'm happy that I bought a National Lampoon's game for ten dollars, and it wasn't just complete garbage, right? Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to be somewhat thrilled, but I also wonder, like, who's the design pedigree here? Well, again, I, that's the weird part about. Should be of like these- Eric Lang or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe even Prospero Hall, and we don't know, right? You know how these they, these companies, yeah. like even Funko Games, right? <laughs> they're just, yeah, there's just piles of people behind the scenes, right? So, uh, hold on, let me look at the box quick. Maybe it'll tell me. Yeah, Richard Garfield. Let's come on. It's got to be. It's an interesting uh, of all the things that you were going to bring up tonight to talk about. That is not one I would have put on my bingo card. Yeah, it's called. Twinkling Lights game. <laughs> and it was wow. put up by Funko. It was put up by Funko. Funko Games. Let's see. And they never tell you who the designer is. So this one might be a board game geek. Um, so. Yeah. Put some research yeah, so on that, that one. Yeah. So that was the, the other one I thought would be, uh, you know, interesting to talk about. Because, again, I don't think anyone knows this game is even a thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> right? No, why would they? Uh, unless so they're they, like your wife and have the affinity for the film, which I also love, but I'm not buying that. So they don't give any specific designer credit. It's like Prospero Hall, where Funko Games is like Prospero Hall. That's just the designer like and the a, publisher. A room full of monkeys just turns out games and... That's one. Yeah, maybe it was just <laughs> Chat GPT, right? Like, just yeah. <laughs> made this game for him. And then they National Lampoon's tile laying game. Go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's your that's your playlist wrapped up. All right. So let's uh, let's hop into our topic now that we've got about twenty minutes or so to go here. And I'm just going to lament for a little bit about Kickstarter. Um, our topics today is is to talk a little bit about is, is crowdfunding even worth it anymore? Um, and I think the answer is probably sometimes. I am currently so I, I full disclosure I'm cranky about this, so my opinion is going to be a little <laughs> biased right now. But I decided to start getting into backing games through crowdfunding platforms, namely Kickstarter for the most part. Back before COVID started or right around when COVID started, because I thought, you know what? 
the apocalypse is here. I might be stuck inside for a decade. Let's go buy some board games. And <laughs> back in 2020, 2021, I was pretty heavily backing stuff. I cooled it a bit last year, and now I'm almost not doing it for the most part. Uh, there were games that I backed back then that I got since then. And there are quite a few games that I've backed since then that I have not received. And we're going on two years or two years plus for some. And I'm not the only human being in the world that has gone through this process uh, and not gotten what they wanted. Um, and yes, I know there's an associated risk to crowdfunding and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, yeah. like manufacturing a board game is not a new concept. There are more done now today than ever in human history. Um and a lot of the ones that I haven't received are from companies that have done this before uh, and successfully. So, in fact, to the point where, you know, their brand was not tarnished or, or drug through the mud before all this started. So I'm currently sitting in the midst of like three or four campaigns that are delayed and or just not delivering at all that have been backed quite a long time ago. And I'm just getting pretty fed up with it. All that to say, you know, there's something to be said about having early access to games through Kickstarter. There's something to be said about some of the cool stuff that some of these, you know, producers or publishers or whatever put in their campaigns for their games. But I'm also over the FOMO side of things now. Like I don't need – like for example, I'm looking at Deep Rock Galactic on my shelf. Did I need a, a special pewter beer mug first player token? No. Yeah. Did I want one? Oh, yes, I did. Do I really care if I have it in that box? Yes. Mm, yeah. At this point, I do. Um, but there aren't a lot of games where I can say that, and certainly none of the ones that I have that haven't delivered yet. So uh, where I'm going with this is I'm cranky about crowdfunding, and I think I'm mostly done with it for the most part, unless it's you know somebody that has an extremely good track record. I'm also looking at my shelf where uh, – you know, flat out games stuff is, and we have fit to print about to arrive pretty soon. Um, there's a great example of, of a, a, a group that has it down and knows what they're doing, yeah. but they also have some backing from AEG as well for distribution at the retail side. So they've got some good channels set up, but um, I don't, I'm done and, with this. And, and, I, and they're not bending you over at the crowdfunding and the shipping level as well. So that means yeah. that there, there are companies that are doing something right. There are companies that are doing a lot of things wrong, and there are a lot of companies that are doing things so piss poor and bad that you are having more Ryans on your hands. Um, yep. So, I don't know how to swing in on this one with you, buddy. Um, and I, I almost well, feel I like guess I let me ask you: probably have you had any that either never fulfilled, or some that took so long that you were like seriously concerned you'd never see your money back. Okay. So, uh, let's see. How do I even start? Um, so my, my Kickstarter journey and did we, did we ever go into my history with Kickstarter at all on the podcast? Cause I don't want to we, waste. Oh yeah. We've, we've time, talked about it. I, I think what I'm looking for from you is like, did you have those situations and then how did they remediate? And, and just a couple okay. examples. Because you've right. done this so much longer and more frequently than more. me that you probably have yeah. more horror stories. Well, honestly, I do – I don't think I have more horror stories. That's the amazing part because yeah, the ones that Great. you're going now through right now – Well, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> let me explain. Well, let, yeah, like I said, let me explain why. So, 
My first Kickstarter campaign was Zombicide Season 2 in March of 2013 was when it was fully funded. Okay? So that was 10 years ago. Over 10 years ago. So over 10 years, I have backed 199 projects on Kickstarter. Okay? You got to hit out of the, this year. Uh, well, out of, we'll see. <laughs> so... Part of me wants to make that like my my 2024 goal is to hit 200 in January, right? But we'll see. Someone's going to do something I can't pass up. But no, it's not all board games, right? It's like 98% all board games. So I had my first bad campaign, and I'll go into the detail. Uh, so my first bad campaign, I'm trying to find it. Was in, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I could have been better prepared for my speech, but. Riveting radio, <laughs> folks. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I don't even know. How a long time ago. A long time ago. I had one bad campaign where the company basically burned the candle at both ends went too diverse and ended up um, not paying the distributors to distribute the game once it hit U.S. soil. You with me? Wow. So they had paid for manufacturing of several games. So they did the whole, I'll fund my new one to pay my current one. I'll run another campaign that pays like that, you know, sort of waterfall, uh, every other right style of, of funding that we've seen, which we both know, um, Kickstarter has changed. You're not necessarily allowed to do that anymore. Right. So what happened was the fulfillment house was fun again games. So you then had to go to fun again with your Kickstarter sort of receipt, pay them the shipping to get your stuff. And there was no guarantee everything in your list would get shipped to you. So I did that. What? That was once. And. Yes, it was not cool. I didn't like it. It was very bad. Um, so that was one. That was my first. Okay. My next one was actually, um, from Simon. So Simon put out a game called Trudvang Legends. And this was Eric Lang's huge narrative story driven card game. Okay. And Trude Vong, and for whatever reason, Eric Lang and Simon stopped working together. And when that happened, I think legally, they were not allowed to put out his game in the in a lot of the ways that he had built it, I think. 
Now that was in 2019. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at the track record, like, so from 2013 to 2019, I had one bad campaign, right? Which is a really, in my opinion, now granted, I could have been gambling this whole time, right? And I guess I essentially was. And I technically, in a, in a weird way, only lost once, which is not a, those are pretty good odds, right? Yeah. Better so, than mine so far. So what's that? I said better than mine so far. So, so Trude Vang, they basically reset and made a whole new game ish. So that delayed Trude Vang. I am still currently waiting for stuff for Trude Vang Legends from 2019. That's insane. Um, from C, but it's from CMON. So I'm, I'm hopeful, right? I, it will arrive. Okay. Now, now we get into COVID years, right? So I'm in the same boat as you are with one game. Okay. And that is, um, what was that? Uh, Paradox Initiative. Paradox Initiative. We've talked about it on the podcast. I am so excited for this game. And the more we talk about it, I just, to your point, I'm nervous we're ever going to see it. Um, and so I'm with you. Uh, and it, but if you look at the grand scheme of everything that I've just talked about, that's three out of 200. Now, am I yeah. mad about it? Absolutely. Am I pissed that I gave that, that someone reached into my FOMO pockets <laughs> and took $135 plus whatever we paid shipping? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But in the big picture, I, I, I sort of feel like I'm ahead in a weird way, right? I, I've, I've had a pleasant yeah. experience. I don't want, and I, I can't even say that Trudvang was that bad. I have the base Trudvang game. I'm waiting for the extra expansion content. So technically, two and a half things are bad. Um, now, granted, yes, there have been games that were extremely delayed. Um, and I am still get, I'm getting notifications of them now. And maybe to your point, I should be paying a little bit closer attention to some things because I'm, as we're talking, I'm scanning. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on there, right? Like, I, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those things where I, I sort of don't dwell on it. And maybe that's wrong on my part. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Um, but out of 200, you know, 200 to have only two sort of problems in my history. Yeah. You know, there was things so that were disappointing. <laughs> Right. There were, there were companies that during this COVID, right? They, they needed more shipping, right? Uh, they, or they, they needed, uh, there were companies that didn't want to charge more money. So they, they came up with other sort of strategic ways to get money from you, but give you something that maybe they had sitting somewhere, right? That was already in production, right? Like I get that. Like, so, and, and to your point, like we didn't know what the hell was going to go on for two years. So it was like, no, I don't think they preyed on people, right? If a shipping container used to cost five grand and now it costs 50 grand, that's a big yeah, swing. There, there were right? definitely like honest 
mistakes or yeah, yeah, unexpected yeah. situations that came but about. But to your point, there, there are there a lot are of things ones. that are bizarre yeah. that are happening, right? Like, Well, there, there's also um, like companies that are funding their company through Kickstarter, which is just a really bad way to operate, I think, and yeah. not a, necessarily a good way to, you know, make sure you keep yeah. a loyal customer base. But I think I'm just at the point now where I'm starting to realize, A, I don't need to buy as many games. B, most of the games I'm going to buy are going to come to retail at some point in time. And C, the ones that don't, I'm only going to go in if they have a proven track record for crowdfunding. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit on the sidelines and watch. I don't care if I miss it. Yeah, but you have to think – There may be the rare exception to that. Like, for example, the old King's Crown is something I'm very much looking forward to seeing this fall on Kickstarter and probably will be backing. In fact, I know I will be backing it. And they've never done anything to scale before. So, yeah, I'll have some nerves there. But um, for the most part, I think I'm just done with it. Like, the gamble isn't worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. The FOMO doesn't bother me anymore. I think I'm just mostly done with it for the for the, with the, with the rare exception of the games that are coming out on there that I may not be able to get through retail channels. Uh, Guards of Atlantis Two is a good example, right? So yeah, I know, and, and yeah, there is a lot of content that you can only get on Kickstarter. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and and I don't think it's necessarily like gone for me, but the level of judiciousness that I'm going to have moving forward. In a way, well, this was good. It, it well, taught me yeah, what to look for. Fair enough. And also, when you think about where we when we turned the corner into two, 2023, we both said we were going to curtail our our board game spending, specifically yeah. in the crowdfunding space, retail and, and, and crowdfunding. And and I think uh, these uh, issues that we've seen only sort of solidify why we should sort of pump the brakes a little bit. Although is 200 a lot in 10 years. I don't know. I 20, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, you, you have to consider like, know. is it your hobby or are you just doing it for, yeah, I don't know because you like to spend money. It. Like, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I think you've uh, had good luck and, and, you know, the delays are one thing if you're not. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I feel bad. I honestly feel like I was sort of your example and I didn't ever say, or maybe I should have told you about the two times that I had issues, right? Maybe it would have changed, but I didn't. No, like, I mean, again, I can I read about it somewhere you know, else too. It's, no, it gets I know, but publicized saying, like, when, when those things happen. Trudevang's a great example. So, um, yeah, but yeah. We, we don't have to dwell on it anymore. It's just if anyone ever gets into listening to this and you're thinking about diving into that, do more, do some and research. And you just got to take your time. First. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, the, and pay the attention BGG to the BGG forums are huge oh, yeah. for this kind of stuff. And YouTube. Yep. Uh, find, yeah. find the honest contributors that their whole content that they contribute to our space is exposing these fraudulent sort of scammy Kickstarters and um, what to look for um, yeah. are important because there are companies that can disguise a camp. They, they will sell you a campaign, not a game. Yep. Um, and I'm not talking about a campaign game. I'm talking about <laughs> the whole campaign <laughs> the is marketing. Yeah. They're selling yeah, the, you the Kickstarter the promise campaign. of something that you'll never see. Yes. Yeah. So you guys got to yep. be mindful. doing the Lord's work. Um, those folks. All right. Yeah. 
So let's uh, let's jump into backbot and then we'll get out of here for the night. I don't have anything okay. other than I am gonna be uh, I'm gonna be signing up for Board Game Arena in a couple weeks, so I will have some stuff to report back there. I need to play more games, and that's the way to do it. You should look into it too, so we can play some tapestry online. But uh, okay. pretty cool. We'll do. All right, so my 199th back game was just uh, between the last podcast and tonight was a button-shy game uh, called Converge. Now, Converge is from the designer, Peter C. Hayward, whom, if you remember, Ryan, when the last time I was at PAX, was the gentleman in the blue beard and the blue hair that yes. I was playtesting games across from our friend Larry and his game. Uh, he made this button-shy game. It is a set collection, tableau building game uh, about control and survival. And thematically, this was amazing. I just loved it. I loved the art. And you could buy one game, or you could buy three games that are basically sort of interchangeable games from the factions and the characters and stuff that you have. And they gave you a discount if you bought all three. So I went all in on Converge. Uh, And it is a very ambitious game for Button Shy. I think they are really pushing the envelope around their style of game with this. I thought um, Battlecrest was pushing the boundaries, but it looks like this one's going to take Battlecrest and go another level. Um, so I am super excited. Button Shy has never let me down on anything I've purchased from them. So I'm very, my, um, I'm very hopeful. Uh, and now this guy just funded uh, on the fifth. So, uh, but 29 bucks, giving Button Shy some money and supporting Peter. I, I, li- I like Peter's style of design. Uh, I was a big fan of Village Pillage. That was uh, one of my first games of Peter's that I really just enjoyed. So, um, so yeah, that was my only backed game. Button Shy is uh, reputable and makes good stuff. No, no qualms with that one. I, I love their almost all of the things they make have been enjoyable to me. So that seems like so, a good one. Always supporting a designer you like too is, is a good call. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I thought it was interesting that Peter didn't do this, uh, that, that did a design for another publisher, right? Cause he has Bluebeard publishing, which I thought was kind of interesting that he didn't yeah. do it on, <laughs> make a game under his own company, but maybe there's a reason behind it. I don't think there's anything wonky, but, who knows? Uh, so, um, I think the last time we talked, or our last podcast, uh, was on the tail end of Target's uh, Q3 clearance sales. Or, you know, end of Q2 going into Q3 clearance sales. Uh, and I mentioned, I guess I got, what, Dune Imperium for 28 bucks. Well, since then, I found Juicy Fruits for $12 and raccoon tycoon for $15. So I could not pass those two games up. So those were ones I, I had purchased. 
Uh, yeah, I mentioned expeditions. Robbery. I couldn't believe that. I just, I mean, and Dune's a good uh, game too. Like reviewed yeah. very well, so I'm very excited to try yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so, I, and I mentioned some of my uh, a pre-order I did from Miniature Market. Well, that had shown up, which was the Verse system from Upper Deck for the All Elite Wrestling uh, card game. So that showed up. Um, Miniature Market got me with their new um, alerts. So in your wish list in Miniature Market, you can put alerts on your wish list that tell you if it ever drops below the price that Miniature Market already has, which is already a discount, right? But if it drops below the Miniature Market discount for any reason, they'll shoot you an email. Well, Marvel Damage Control dropped to $20. So I pulled the trigger on that. So that arrived. I got it opened, but I have not gone through a, a a bland playthrough, so I know how to go through the mechanics. But looks very intriguing. Um, Expedition from Stonemaier, or Expeditions, that uh, Scythe sort of sequel uh, has shown up. So I have that. Can't wait to play that so, one, too. <clears throat> so those are the bot games. Now, Kickstarters that have come in. Uh, Wild Realms was one that I think I had mentioned Wild Realms on the podcast where this is a new company called Daywalker yeah, Syndicate and they ha- were having a lot of trouble, right? Again, this was their first campaign, a lot of trouble. I think they even asked for, maybe they asked for some shipping and people who, and people did because they believed in the game, right? They gave more money. I think that's one of those companies. I, I, I don't quote me on it, but because of all these delays, they sent us unique cards that, <coughs> pardon, weren't even in the Kickstarter. So they sent you a nice thank you letter with cards inside a card. And I thought that was awesome, right? Hey, things aren't going the way we thought. Thanks for sticking with us, right? Kind of thing. So Wild Realms has shown up. Um, Another one just showed up this week called Cosmoctopus. Did you, did we talk about Cosmoctopus at all? Probably when I was backing it, right? Yeah. Um, back when you backed so it, that, we covered the game. So that's the interesting part too, to your earlier question about Kickstarter. We are, I'm receiving games that we've talked about within the life science span of our podcast. So that's yeah. sort of interesting. Yeah. Um, and, um, another company. In the same vein as Wild Realms is Orange Nebula. And Orange Nebula puts out Vindication as their main, or one of their main huge games. And, um, they had a lot of trouble dealing with manufacturing issues during their last Vindication campaign. And it got to a point where they were just, they just, they called it, they called it a day. And got us our games. But I guess it never sat right with them. With some of the quality of some of the components. It wasn't like up to their original vindication standard. Yeah. So they went back, I guess, and remanufactured some of the components. And sent all the backers a little box with all the replacement bits and components and cards. and Which, free of charge. I didn't buy it. I didn't even... 
I haven't even paid attention to the, the you know, I, I didn't even know I was getting it. It was awesome. It was a nice surprise. It was like, hey, sorry you have a game that we didn't like, <laughs> the quality, but you got it. But we made up for it. Here you go. And it was really under the radar and quiet. I don't think they really publicized it too much. That's awesome, though. Um, so, again, that's where you can – you sort of counteract all these or, or, or cancel out all these negative things. There are some still glass-half-full stories in the crowdfunding space. And finally, which I'm hoping we can crack out next weekend, is Sagrada Artisans, the legacy version of Sagrada. Um, that also has arrived. So, uh, which is funny. Awesome. We interviewed the, the designer of that, uh, last year and we received the game. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Adrian so, has another one coming out this year. Um, oh my God, the name is eluding me right now, but, uh, with the way, the whales, the transport game with the whales. God, what's the name of oh, it? Oh, yeah. I think of it. It's, um, is that wind word? Mistwind. That's it. Mistwind. Mistwind. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. coming out. It's either out or coming out later this year. So that's, that's going to be another I one to check out. So, hold on. Did I see something on that? Yeah, it, I, don't know, I paused uh, you a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. If that's coming soon, I definitely want to play that too. But yep, uh, it is. Is that first fish? Yep, I it's out. Think so. Is it out now? Yeah, okay, it's out uh, and ends in 14 days. So I will take a look nice. at it. I'll save it. Okay. Oh, that, the sky whale! Look at it. Oh, I know so <laughs> it looks good, right. and the game looks like a pretty decent game too, like route building and stuff. Not bad. So worth checking out, I think. And I'll be honest. I don't, I don't, um, you know, to, to the point of all these campaigns that we talked about. And, and again, tying into the, um, you know, the new year's resolution for the 2023 is I honestly don't sort of hawk Kickstarter and hawk contributors that tell you about Kickstarter campaigns as much as I used to. Yeah. So that does help with the oh yeah addictive nature that it can be. If you if you sort of I'm cut it out of your either. your marketing life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, I didn't even know that game came out, but now that we talked about it, I'll look at it and I don't know, Adam might get another another buy from me. But. Yeah. Could be good. All right. Uh I think that's going to do it for for episode <laughs> yeah, we 35. Did it, man. Uh, I think we both kind of plan on getting back to a more regular schedule once uh, once the summer ends, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I'd like to get back to once every two weeks because we'll be playing games once every two weeks and maybe a little bit more. We'll see how the fall schedule works out. So, uh, But in the meantime, for those of you who still listen and enjoy the show, you can check us out online at playgamesloosefriends.com. You can find us on Instagram at PlayGamesLoseFriends or on Twitter at PGLFShow. You can also email the show at PlayGamesLoseFriends at gmail.com if you want to chat with us a bit, if you want to play some games with me on Board Game Arena, would love that. Or uh, you have any questions about the show, want us to talk about a particular topic, just let us know. Uh, otherwise, if you like the show, please uh, subscribe, like, you know, update whatever you do in any of the apps that you consume your <laughs> podcasts in. Did you say up, dude? <laughs> I did. I said up, dude. That's a 
<laughs> I think it's a Reddit term for like upvoting things, but uh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm so. If you not like the show, Reddit. help us out. Leave a good review. It. it helps us get the show out to more people. We appreciate it. All right, yeah, that is going to do it. Skittily bang that, and that'd be yeah. good. Yeah, you want to uh, doopus? That would help out a lot. Uh, do you have any parting words before we head out for the evening? Uh, just you know, it's it's good to do this. So thank you for. Uh, keeping us keep us as best on track as we possibly can I appreciate it Ryan so thank you I try it's uh it's hard you're, you're like wrangling a a ball of smoke I don't <laughs> like know the where mist I'm monster from Lost <laughs> yeah I don't know where I'm going with this but we're just gonna leave it at that uh thanks everybody All for right. listening we hope to see you again soon and in the meantime play some games don't lose your friends and go nuts buy Lorcana for four times the retail price and see how that goes. All right. See everybody. Take care. Later. <laughs> <laughs>